Voices, a weekly podcast where we explore the challenges, successes and lessons of leadership through the experiences of diverse women leaders across Africa and beyond. I am your host, Paul Frey, CEO of Frey Intermedia. We are back in Uganda chatting to incredible women activists forging new paths for activism. Today I'm in Kampala chatting to Penelope Sanyu, Chief Steward at Fem Fort, who was talking to us about breaking the mold in order to be a catalyst for change. A lawyer by training, Penelope is a young thinker, writer and author who describes herself as an agent of positive social change and transformation. She has dedicated most of her career building the capacity of young women to innovatively engage with and influence public policy in various spaces. We sat down to talk against the backdrop of a rolling Ugandan thunderstorm and I asked Penelope how she ended up founding Femfort after graduating in law. So Penelope, welcome. Um, it's really nice to be able to chat to you here in Uganda. Um, a storm in the background so that <laughs> might come up every now and then. Um, but when you're a lawyer by profession, so how did you end up doing what you do? So I've, I've always had a passion to work with women. Even mm-hmm. when I pursued my law degree and went to law school, I always told my colleagues, I will end up running an entity for women because I feel like nobody gets us. Nobody understands exactly what we are about. People over-assume and people over-try. I, I don't even mm-hmm. know if that's a word, but people over-try to compensate for not knowing how to handle women. And, mm-hmm. and so they go all out and end up missing the real issues. So mm-hmm. I, I've always wanted to work with women. And the very first instance I got to work with women I, I volunteered for a women's organization and I just wanted to dig in and understand and listen, just try and listen to women. What What is their heartbeat? What do they want? What do they really want away from what they are being participated of, over or about? So after my degree, I was very clear I wasn't going to practice I wasn't going to go to court. I wasn't going to go to a law firm and sit and do paperwork behind the desk. I told myself, no, I'm going to go out there where the women are and I'm going to find them and I'm going to work with them to improve their lives, to make them better. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so how did you find them? So so <laughs> <laughs> I, I started out by holding small, I, I called them fellowships because that was the easier word to use at the time. But there were basically gatherings where I would write on my social media, guys, girls, let's just come sip some wine, have some tea, talk about issues affecting women. And so the very first meeting had about 30 of my friends, female friends, and we talked about things like sexual pleasure, we talked about things like abortion, we talked about all the taboo issues that we were not able to talk about in the spaces where we were being raised. That's at our workspaces, in school. And after that initial meeting, the girls said, you know, we must do this again. We must have a space where we can have free conversations. We must have a space where we can come to and undress and not feel naked. And just put it all there, lay it bare and still feel proud of who we were. So what started out as a one meeting became bigger because then the initial group invited someone for the second meeting and so it kept growing and every time someone came with someone we had to think, okay, so what are we going to talk about this time? 
at some point we would do a survey, a, a Google survey and say, look, fill this in and help us understand what you want to talk about, then we'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. So they would come and we'd talk about menstruation, we'd talk about, you know, bride price, which is a big thing here in Uganda. We'd talk about marriage and the pressure that comes with finishing school and the parents are saying, you know, you should be married, you should be putting bread on the table, what are you doing? So in, in discussing all these things, we realized we were not just helping the women come out and break the silence around taboo topics. We realized that we were creating a connection and that connection needed to be harnessed and that's how we started FarmFord to try and say okay look this is these are my peers there's so much I don't know yet there's so much I want to learn but I can provide the space for them to come and commune with me but because I am privileged I can use my privilege and access to older women, to wiser women, to connect with these other women that I have had an opportunity to connect with. And so the linkages and the connections grew because then I used my networks to invite older people, older wiser women, to sit at their feet and learn from them. Yes. So, I mean, it's incredible how it came from that really, that informal the gathering small, at yes. the beginning. And it's quite a formal structure now. Mm -hmm. I imagine that that also has its own challenges, right? It does. You've got to really kind of cling to that original spirit and innovation yes. and, and making sure that you're not thinking, talking for, doing for yes. the women that this is intended yes. for. How do you sustain that? So I've, I've had to remind myself and my team every single day that we're not an NGO. We're not a formal working space, even though we really are. I just keep reminding myself that these structures will kill this. Even though they are good for growth, they are good for management and for supervision, they are not what we need at the moment. We need to balance between the formal and the informal structures to make sure that it works. Because whereas I would rather write a proposal and go to a hotel and do a workshop, I prefer to put mats in my compound and invite as many women who will put their shoes off and sit down and laugh and have the same conversation, but in a very free and encouraging setup. That's not limiting, that's not so intellectual, that's not... So that they feel like they belong here, this is home. And, and so the challenge with that is that you're looked at as unserious sometimes. Mm -hmm. Because I, I've heard people say, how long are you going to sustain this madness of splashing colour and sitting people under trees and playing music at meetings for people to dance? My response has always been, why do we have to choose? Who says we can't work and have fun at the same time? Mm -hmm. Because these women are troubled women. These women are carrying heavy loads. They just want a place where they can put their loads at some space mm -hmm. and dance and unwind mm -hmm. and then pick up their loads and deal with the issues and go home. So if I have the ability to provide that, then that's all I will do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for a listener who's never been to, to one of your meetings mm -hmm. at the compound, never taken mm -hmm. their shoes off, sat in a cushion, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sipped wine, describe your methodology a little bit. 
so so we we try as much as possible to create a home setting so tea you know simple teas you have people sitting on the floor because in africa when people walk into your home and sit on the floor it's a sense of community it it communicates love connection and power so sitting on the floor taking shoes off means i am comfortable with your space i i can take off my shoes and i can feel the soil i can feel the ground under my feet and i feel that i am grounded i am safe with you here and and that's what we try to do so for every meeting that we hold we try to enable the young women to feel as safe as they possibly can be mm-hmm. some people watch tv and their legs are up and they are slouching or they are slipping or so we try to say look the information is what's important what's going on around that is something we don't want to police mm-hmm. just feel at home when you walk into my home and i say feel at home i mean it i mean take off your jacket relax breathe mm-hmm. and that's what we try to do for our meetings to help people declutter and take off the loads they've come with and be able to think and focus on the topics we need to discuss with mm-hmm. them. So when you started out a lot of your discussions were in fact the blue subjects abortion mm-hmm. menstruation mm-hmm. the kind of policing of women's bodies yes, right yes. are you still having those conversations Yes so we run programs on body image and integrity so uh, actually a few weeks ago we we had a conversation with gym instructors and nutritionists to say hey there's nothing like a perfect size So stop this illusion you're creating in women's minds that you're trying to help them achieve a perfect body. We need to work with women to be comfortable in their own skins and to love their skins and bodies the way they are without adding or removing anything. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a big success because then the instructors had never had it that way. The thinking, "Oh my god, we never thought about it that way because mm-hmm. we don't know why people bleach for example we mm-hmm. don't know why people come and they are spending so much time in the gym and we are not aware that it's affecting their mental health and so we try to connect all these things body integrity to self esteem to how it affects your quality of leadership as a woman to how it eventually affects your mind and and mm-hmm. you begin to get sick and have mental health challenges because it's all connected it's one way mm-hmm. and so we can't deal with one issue and leave another mm-hmm. when we talk about feminist leadership what are we saying if we are not discussing wellness and integrity for women if when we talk about women in sport and their leadership how are we talking discipline for women if we are not talking about how they look at themselves every time i stand in the mirror i hate what i see mm-hmm. how then do i go out there and lead well so it it all starts somewhere and we try to knit all these things together and have conversations to help the young women understand that it's all tied together and even mm-hmm. though we want to do policy work there's the policy work starts somewhere with a certain mm-hmm. basic understanding of these issues so let's yeah. grow from the bottom up we will do the policy issues but we will also discuss the real issues mm. that you're dealing with as a woman yeah. so but these aren't the only subjects that you're actually looking at on no, no, your, no. your learning sub- um, so tell us a little bit more about the learning circles what else are you looking at no so 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 we are looking at sexual harassment at the moment mm-hmm. in 
higher institutions of learning and at workspaces because that's one of the biggest um, complaints that has come up from the young women. We are being sexually harassed. What do we do? Are we being sexually bullied? What? Where do I go to? Where do, the police is non-responsive. The government is non-responsive. So can we have an actual conversation around that? So for the next few months, we are running a campaign against sexual harassment in schools and at the workspace. And what we are doing is inviting women to a safe space. So one, we have the victims of sexual harassment and we want them to have therapy sessions and we want them to heal. It's not a one-off so because they cannot heal in one day but we want to provide them an opportunity to talk about what happened freely and to know that they are not alone there's so many others but we want to walk a journey towards healing with all of them together but also to create awareness around sexual harassment for the people that um don't understand what it is that don't know that think it's a joke because it has never happened to anyone I know or to myself so we want to to help them understand that look this is real and we need to address it if we are going to do anything for women or uh, by women at all mm. yes so so fun thought actually describes itself as a movement building entity yes right? that's right so, so why would movement building be so critical because you, we can't work in silos. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can nobody ever does things on their own. Mm -hmm. Yes, you will succeed. Yes, you will go a little distance, but you cannot go so far. Mm -hmm. And it's important for us to understand that we have been carried on shoulders of giants, mm -hmm. and we cannot forget that. So there are women who fought so much for us to be where we are today. We can't forget that history. The only way to keep that history going is if we connect and plug in. And and so what, what Femfort is doing now is is become a connector and, and a catalyst, like mm. I said. We, yeah. we are becoming a catalyst and a connector to all these other movements because the sexual reproductive health movement needs to work with the women's rights movement. The women's rights movement needs to work with um, all these other movements out there. The LGBTQ movement needs to work with the sex workers movement the sex workers mm. movement that it's all tied together so we can't say i'm a women's rights activist but i don't work with sex workers mm. or you know it's it's just skewed mm. so when we say we are a movement building entity we are saying that we are willing to take the risk to bring every other person on board. Mm. And if we are the connector, then we will do whatever it takes to bring all these movements at the same table to speak the same language mm. for women. Mm. Yes. And one of the things that Femfort also speaks about, you know, is, is its awareness and attention to power dynamics. Yes. Um, Speak to speak to me about that, right? Because on the one hand, you really are working with the individual, but you're also placing the individual within a societal yes, framework yes. that that has real power dynamics yes, at play. Yes. So, so we, we, we really understand the power dynamics at play because also when we are working with women, we know that there's a whole patriarchal. I don't want to call it madness, but that's what I usually call it. There's a whole mm. patriarchal thing behind them. There's mm. there's there's gender roles. There's all these things that are happening. So there's power under, there's power over, there's mm. power within. And we must address all these powers. So what, what we try to do is, again, 
don't work on single issues because mm. women are not single issue women. We are multi issue women and people, and so we address all the issues together. So to understand for for women to understand power and to know how to deal with it and to how to know how to address it, we work with policymakers. Mm. We work with husbands and. Mm-hmm. sons and fathers we we, we do a, a program with fame for, for mothers of boys mm-hmm. because we know that raising a man a certain way is important to how a woman will turn out tomorrow mm-hmm. we recognize that and we know that there's a power at play there and we must address that while we still have the power to do it we've talked to men and said look this is a misconception that you've had for so many mm. years and we want you to unlearn are you able to allow us in your space to teach you because mm. one you need to want to learn so are you able to let us in your space to teach you a little bit about feminism a little bit about women a little bit about addressing the issues that we are advancing it's not just about the women it's about you as well mm. it's about all of us So what are the common mistakes that you see us making when we're trying to address these issues? We lose curiosity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. One of the things that I am so afraid of is losing curiosity. Yeah. Because then that means you've stopped learning, mm. you've stopped growing, you've given up. That's yeah. it. You've hit the highest point you can ever go and that's it. And 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 for me I feel like we have done women's rights work for a very long time mm-hmm. and we feel like we've arrived. Mm-hmm. So we are at a place where we're not curious anymore. Mm-hmm. People talk about SDGs and you're like, "Oh, I know I've that. Done that. done that, been there, written a book about it. <laughs> like what's yeah. what's there to learn?" Someone talks about sexual harassment, you're like, "Ah, it's a story. That's that's mm-hmm. it. We've had it all before." Mm-hmm. But no, we haven't. Mm-hmm. No, we haven't because every day there's a different dynamic. we're not curious enough and 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 the other mistake i've realized we are making is we are undermining the role of technology so we are trying to influence in a digital era without engaging with technology and we feel like that's okay and and i know that maybe elsewhere people are a bit advanced in terms of technology but here it's it's a bit complicated because even getting a leader on twitter mm. is like why why do you want me on twitter why do you want me to do that but it's important for us to understand that the constituency we are dealing with right now my 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 target audience is 15 to 35 year olds half their time is online so i cannot not spend my time online because how else am i communicating with them yeah. how else am i engaging with them how else am i speaking to the things that they care about and that they love yeah. so we are undermining the use of technology we are not we've lost our curiosity and and the last thing that that i feel we have lost is the idea of fellowship we've become too busy to convene mm. and just have conversations that are not uptight that's an interesting thought i speak as someone who's, <laughs> who's too busy to convene you know I, one of the things i really like though um, about the work that you do is that you you're saying that you know the practice your practice mm-hmm. is being continuously reinvented mm-hmm. and and i think the term you used was weaving in from many fields yes. right yes. that um that constantly you rethinking relooking yes. reinventing yes. what you're doing and what needs to be yes. done yes. um and i 
you know, sometimes it's so so tempting that once you find a way that works, that you want to stay with that mm-hmm. way, yes. and that you that there's almost a relaxation, such a relief that you found something that you just want to keep on doing that over and over again. Mm-hmm. So, how do you ensure that spirit of innovation to continuously reinvent, reweave different things? So I like so much to borrow from the spiritual world mm-hmm. a lot because mm-hmm. there's there's a lot we can learn from them. Most spiritual people practice rituals, mm. and <laughs> I I I feel like that's the most important thing that has happened to me this year and the year that passed. Practicing certain rituals, what things do we do daily to make sure we are winning? Mm. What things do we do monthly together as a team? What things are we doing as a routine? as a ritual to keep ourselves afloat and 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 that's the question that's constantly at the back of my mind what are my rituals how am i spending my time growing with the team but also the other thing that uh, i like to lean into is on on top of all the rituals and everything that's happening every day i think i love to stop and hack the system mm mm-hmm. because we can like you said we we one we run the risk of getting bored and getting burnout because we are doing the same things over and over and over again we're changing a few methodologies here and there but it's the same things over and over again mm-hmm. and so what we do at my office is we have a once a month hackathon where we sit and hack our programs and we say look this is this is it so we're saying we are having meetings in compounds and what's not working what's working what can we do better Some people call it a SWOT analysis. I like to call it hacking because then, when you're hacking the program, then you 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 you're doing your best to see that you get in there and dissect it well mm-hmm. and t- put it back together and get running mm-hmm. with a new thing. So I imagine that that hackathon is one of your rituals. On a practical level, could you give me a personal kind of ritual that you follow? Okay, so we read together every mm-hmm. Tuesday morning. we've agreed that we will read a book either on feminism or on leadership as a team to grow together to grow mm-hmm. our muscle our leadership muscle but also our intellectual capacity so we meet and read together there's no compromise about that every tuesday morning we don't take meetings we don't take appointments we are in office together we have lunch together because that's the only time we get to talk about the personal things that are happening in office mm. during our lunch break and so we we make sure that we have lunch together and that way i can know okay Paula how are you doing today how are your kids mm. how are they Just because we have an hour to have lunch and so in that hour we are spending time getting to know each other personally and because we can relate well with each other personally we can mm. relate well with the people in the community that we are serving so as a as a woman leader mm-hmm. um how could i serve as a catalyst and a connector for the young women who work with me mm-hmm. and for me what do i need to be thinking of or what could i be doing i think one of the things that i would advise is to encourage the young people in your space to ask as many questions as they possibly can however stupid however tiring however just encourage them to build their curiosity and that means that you can't do that if you don't notice them if you don't see them because you you've got to practice presence 
when they walk into your office, don't stay on your computer. Look up, look at their eyes and listen because that says, I trust you. I want to listen to you. I'm interested in what you're saying. And it boosts their confidence to bring in all the genius and crazy ideas they have in their minds to the space because they are bringing their very best because you're allowing them to be their very best. So see people, recognize them. When you walk into the office, don't just go to your desk and see it. As a leader, I know it's very tempting to walk in and say, I have this Skype call, I have this. And, and, and so you're running and you're like, good morning, a general good morning to everybody. And then walk to people's desks and say hello. Touch them, shake their hand. Mm -hmm. I know that touching is a, an African thing really, <laughs> but greet people. Look at them, find a stop for them, find out how they are. That will build so much confidence in your leadership and it will get you to mentor them and grow their abilities much better than when you put them at arm's distance. So and that's really good advice and really good tips for us to follow. Um, but I'm wondering how you as a leader who gives so much, who's constantly building, constantly energizing, how do you sustain your own energy? So, so I, I mentioned earlier that we've, we've, we've been raised on the wings of giants. So there's, there's a tribe. I have a tribe of women that stand by me, that stop for me. While I do this for other people, there's a tribe of people that I call and say, look, today I just want to cry and they'll be there. I'm like, today, I don't want to say anything. I, I, I just need you to be here and hold me. And they'll drop everything and be there. So I am very, very mindful of where I'm drinking from in order to pour myself out. So I am feeding myself well so that I can be useful to the people that I am giving a bit of myself. But I also spend lots of time. I, I, take, I take time off every month, at least a day or two, to reflect to, to meet myself and to understand what's going on with your body, Penny. What's going on with your mind? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Mm. What can we do better? So, so whereas we do the hackathon for the organization, I do that for me. I take some, some time off to go and reflect and think and feel certain things. Because sometimes when you're the leader, you're going through the emotions half the time. You're not allowing yourself to stop and feel. And, and so I use that one day or two days off to just feel, feel angry, feel the pain, feel the disappointment, but also feel the excitement that's happening in the organization and in the space that I am in. That way I'm able to connect with myself and then I can connect with other people better. I love connections, so I talk about <laughs> connections quite a lot because I know that They've been very helpful for me and my journey of leadership. Yeah. And I think that's been really good advice for us to connect first with ourselves and yes. then to connect with those around us yes. and to find our tribe. In fact, in our first episode, our, um, our, our interviewee, um, Sison King Samang, yes. her advice was, you know, if you're going to go out, if you're going to put yourself out there, um, find your tribe. Yes. Find your it's support. Very that can help you those it's very times. important. It's your support system. Yeah. The moment it's taken off, you're crushed, mm. you're finished. So yeah. it's important for us to have a strong support system yeah. that we know will do anything, will go to whatever lengths to be there for us. Mm -hmm. And that really inspirational note. <laughs> I'm going to end the interview, Penny, and say thank you very much. It was really good to chat to you. And we're still waiting for the storm to break. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> So how can we encourage a creative mindset in our organizations? How do we, in Penelope's words, hack the system? 
It starts, she says, by never becoming complacent. She does that by balancing the formal and informal structures. Next, she advocates for regular hackathons to rethink either organizational or personal processes. Penelope is always questioning and she urges us to never lose our curiosity. If we are engaging young women, then we must harness the technology they use, such as Twitter and Instagram. Finally, she urges us to engage with intent, listen completely, reach out to make real connections. If you enjoyed this discussion, then please share our podcast with your friends and colleagues and let us know your views on social media using the hashtag changevoices. You can find more information about the work we do on our website, freyintermedia.com, and engage us on our social media platforms at Change Voices and at Frey Intermedia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. If you have any specific women in mind that you'd like to hear from, or if you want to support our endeavor, then you can contact me directly at pfrey at freyintermedia.com or direct message me on social media. Remember to subscribe so that you don't miss out on our next conversation and do rate us on whichever platform you listen on. Thank you for your time and thank you for joining us for today's discussion. Until next time, let's lead.